listening to the Navishit podcast. I'm Father Dave Callahan. As I said way back at the beginning, this podcast is about trying to work out how to be holy in ordinary life. For those who can't run away to a monastery or just even give up time every day to sit in the silence of prayer, how do we find the purpose of our life? This is the 22nd episode. And so maybe this is a good chance just to go back and do a quick summary of where we've gone. I've been trying to lay the foundations, give you the, the basics that really lay the, the groundwork for the whole of the spiritual life. So that if, if we understand the spiritual journey as being like a house, we can build it from the bottom up. Whereas often we build it in little bits here and there and it doesn't really make sense. The basic logic I've been trying to follow is that God is love. Heaven is to enter into the heart of God, to become sharers in the divinity, as it would say in the first letter of Peter. And so if, if our ultimate destiny is to become love, then we need to see our journey here on earth as being about a training in love. The whole of the spiritual life is therefore about getting rid of the bits in my life which are not love, those things that we would normally call sin, and trying to develop good habits of love, the things that we would call virtue. In the last couple of episodes, I was trying to focus on the fact that the spiritual journey is a journey. You know, like, like everything else in life, it's something in which you grow. And you need to see almost like a strategy that there are different stages you're going to go through. And the way that you pray, the way that you engage with God is going to be different at different stages. But I tried to very clearly show that the, the overriding thing that drives us through the spiritual journey is desire. It's love. You know, all of this is about love because God is love. We are trying to become experts in love. That's basically what the spiritual journey is. Maybe I should have said that right at the beginning and we could have saved a whole lot of time. But in terms of trying to understand the practices of the spiritual life, this is where it starts to hopefully make a bit more sense. Prayer is not just something we do to keep God happy. You know, if, we, if we're operating out of this ancient vision of religion where there is this God who is very distant and not quite happy with humanity and we have to offer sacrifices to appease the divinity. You know, these days we're not sacrificing sheep and cows, but maybe we're, we're seeing our prayer as being this, this sacrifice. It's meant to be painful. It's meant to be hard because that's what God wants. That's not really the, the image that God presents in the scriptures. As much as the scriptures do talk about a sacrifice of praise, it also speaks very much the language of marriage, of desire, of God wanting to abide in us and wanting us to abide in him. And I think this is the best way to understand prayer. Prayer is letting yourself be loved, and then responding with love. 
Now, most people get taught prayer as children, and we start off with this understanding of prayer as being asking for things. And in some sense, our relationship with God as a child is very similar to our relationship with a parent. Parents are there to just provide for us, and a child simply has to ask for things. But you hope that you come to a place later in life where you mature from that and you actually come to a space of really knowing your parents. You, you start to relate to them as, as equals in some sense, you know, someone that you can actually be in relationship with. And that's the goal of prayer, that you would come to a space where you could be in relationship with God and know the heart of God, no longer be in this fearful child relationship where you're scared of your parent and you're presenting requests, never quite sure whether you've been good enough to receive what you ask for. We want to come to a space where we're just in love. You know, we delight in God. We, we delight in the fact that God delights in us. And, and this is meditation. You know, the, the journey of prayer takes us through different stages from this initial vocal prayer where we're often, it's, it's about petitions, asking for things. But then we move into a stage of meditating on the heart of God. Now, I know I've spoken about this in previous episodes, about trying to receive love, trying to meditate on love. But I think it's important just to revisit this again, just so we can go deeper into this. When most Catholics hear about meditation, it seems like something that is out of reach. You know, something that can only be done if you are on a silent retreat without any kids screaming, without any background noise. And it, it's like it's unreachable. You know, you, for the average parent, the average person just seems like they can never get to a space of meditation. The thing you've got to always remember is that you are meditating every moment that you are awake. You are already an expert in meditation. The problem is you're meditating on the wrong things. Now, what I mean by this is that even as you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. You're probably having an internal dialogue about that uncomfortable conversation you had this morning. Things are playing over inside of you, which are either things that you desire or things that you're afraid of. We're meditating on stuff all the time. No matter how busy we are, we always have space within our mind and within our heart for the things that we love. And I think this then just becomes a central question. You know, what do you love? You meditate on the things you love, but you then also love the things that you meditate on. So if you spend a whole lot of time thinking about chocolate, you're probably going to find your desire for chocolate increases dramatically. But on the other side, that whatever it is that you currently desire, you will have space to think about it no matter what is happening. Because our, our, our brains are hardwired to always go to that place where we are comfortable, where we find consolation. And so even if you are stressed or busy or in, even in, in extreme pain, you can find yourself 
going back to meditate on the things that bring you comfort. Really, the heart of prayer is about choosing what you love, choosing what you're going to desire, and then consciously trying to meditate on that. And so it's not trying to do a hard work to try and make God happy, but rather it's trying to be aware of what God has already done and allow that to stir up a spark of desire within your heart. And so as I, I mentioned in a previous episode, when I was talking about the ways that God has loved us symbolically, the fact that we need to reflect upon these things, you know, stop and look at creation. How is God loving you through creation? What is the message that God is speaking through that symbol? And meditate upon that. Sit with it. Let it sink in. Allow it to stir up desire that if you have been loved this much, how do you make a response to that love? That is simply what meditation is. It, it might be a matter of just stopping and thinking about what God thinks of you. You know, as you begin the day, just to stop and think about that line in the scriptures where Jesus is baptized in the Jordan and he hears the voice of the father saying, you are my beloved son, I delight in you. Now, maybe that's just the way that you begin your day. You probably don't have space to go and sit in the silence for an hour with the scriptures but maybe you can just stop for two seconds and remind yourself of that line. And then as you then go through your day, doing work, driving, picking up kids, paying bills, you can just in the background of your mind be thinking of the fact that God sees you as his beloved. God delights in you. You know, just to allow the truth of that to sink in deep into your heart. And I think one of the great gifts of the spiritual life that most people don't even realize they've got is the fact that you are surrounded by things to meditate upon. You know, you don't have to step away from your life to try to meditate on the mysteries of God. Because the whole point of God coming into our world means that our world becomes food for meditation. You know, when my nieces and nephews were young, I would often find myself looking at them, you know, at two years old or four years old, and just marveling at the fact that there was a point in history where God was that age, where Jesus was two years old, and all the, the bumbling and, you know, cuteness that a two-year-old has, but also all the, the pain and, and, you know, discomfort that a two-year-old has. And just stopping and meditating on the fact of why would God enter into that? You know, when you think of the work you're doing and the, how tired you are, how stressed you are, to just stop for a moment and think, hang on, God experienced this. You know, Jesus was sleep deprived. Jesus would have worked himself to the point where he was exhausted at the end of the day. And what is God saying to us through that? How is God loving us by joining with us in that space? You know, at every point, we are surrounded by opportunities to meditate on the mystery. 
the simple goal is to allow that to stir up a desire within our hearts for God. Because the more we desire, the more we journey closer to him. So it's very simply a matter of choosing what you meditate upon. Choose what you love. And then allow your meditation to feed that desire every single day.